This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. I think we have a tendency to think in this country that, you know, birth control is available to everyone. If a woman wants it, if she needs it, she can get it. That isn't always the case, actually. According to some new UBC research that was done, they say that young, low-income women in Canada are less likely to use things like the pill. And the findings also suggest they may not actually be able to afford access to contraceptives. We're going to talk more about this now with the help of Elizabeth Nethery, who's the lead author of the study and a PhD student in the UBC School of Population and Public Health. Elizabeth, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Did any did these results surprise you when you kind of got in dug into the details of it? Um, a little bit. I mean, I wasn't sure that we would actually be able to see uh, sort of an income effect, which is what we found in this study. So just the effect that that we saw, which was that low income women, as you mentioned, and those who live in a household with a lower uh, household income are, are less likely to be using some of the more effective methods of contraception, uh, including some that are the more expensive methods, things like the pill. Right. So is it is that the co- is that the barrier? Is it the cost of those contraceptives? Well, certainly it seems like that. Um, that was what we found as as an association. This study, we really weren't we weren't asking people explicitly what the barriers were. So this was a. Uh, an association we found with income and the types of contraceptive methods people are using. And it just happens that this really tracks with the cost of those methods. So something like the pill can be between, you know, 15 to $40 a month. Right. Condoms are, you know, much cheaper and almost can be had for free. Right. So then what were some of the other interesting findings that you came across? Uh, some other interesting things really is just that, you know, we, we can kind of take from this is that uh, there was, you know, different methods that people were were using um, that that really did track with their income. So um, in 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 some cases, uh, people who were using multiple methods as well were more likely to be in the higher income group. And uh, this again, I mean, we weren't unfortunately the study wasn't able to talk about IUDs, which are one of the most effective methods and also one of the most expensive methods. Um, we don't have good data on that, so. I can't really comment on that one. Right. But essentially, it sounds like what you're saying, though, is if you have more money, you essentially have more access to contraceptives in this country. Yeah, it definitely does seem like that. And that's, you know, we we are a country with, you know, what we want to call a universal health care system. And when we see inequities like this in terms of access, it's concerning and it makes, you know, makes us want to talk about how we can reduce those barriers. Right. Was that right across the country when you looked at it? Yeah, this was uh, data from all across Canada. Now, that does that seem surprising as well? There were no differences in terms of was it easier to access these contraceptives in, in other provinces? Uh, we didn't look particularly province by province um, in this study, although we did look in particular at Quebec because they have uh, sort of a type of universal um, drug coverage in a way, so you're mandated to either have a public plan if, if you don't have private insurance um, and so in theory, everybody should have some uh, prescription drug coverage. But what we found is that even in Quebec, uh, there was still an income effect. So there were still people, there was still a difference by income. Um, overall, the rates of birth control use were higher in Quebec. <laughs> right. Well, I guess you could see why. Um, so when it comes to then having, you said like, you know, Canada says we have universal 
health access. Does this show that we don't? And what's it like in other countries? Yeah, so, it, I mean, I think it's hard for us to say exactly that this is, um, you know, as I mentioned, 100% because of cost. There's probably other barriers that contribute to this as well. But yeah, other countries that are um, that do have universal health care also often have universal contraceptive coverage and or some kind of universal pharmacare. So think countries like the UK, New Zealand and Australia, um, they'll all have universal coverage. Right. And yet we don't. How expensive then is it for birth control, the most effective kinds? So as I mentioned, one of the most effective kinds of birth control is IUDs. Um, And they can be, uh, they have an upfront cost. So they last for quite a long time, five to 10 years. But upfront, they can range from, you know, about $80 to um, almost $400. And uh, things like the pill, which is, you know, quite effective, but there's a monthly cost. So again, it depends on what kind of pill you're using um, and whether there's dispensing fees, like uh, pharmacist dispensing fees, but they can range from $15 to $40 a month. And again, if you're, you know, on a fixed income or low income person, that that could be quite an expensive um, thing to put money towards. Right. And so do you think then they just, they just don't, they don't use that? Uh, I mean, again, it's, it's hard to say, you know, I think there's a lot of other barriers as well. We know that people in remote and rural communities also sometimes have trouble accessing a provider that can, can offer them the full range of contraceptive options as well. So there, there can be multiple barriers, but yeah, definitely cost can be one of those. And you also looked at, I understand, like the group of young women who were actually at risk for unintended pregnancies. Yeah, yeah. So whenever you're studying um, contraceptive use, it's really important to be talking about people who are not trying to get pregnant. Right. <laughs> um, so that's one of the um, important features of the study is we're, we're looking only in this study at uh, young people, so 15 to 24-year-olds. Um, and a specific population is those that said they were not trying to get pregnant. Um, so, because by contrast, if you just looked at contraceptive use among all people, um, you know, that a certain proportion of the population is obviously going to be, you know, actively trying to get pregnant or right. don't care or, you know. So among yeah. the ones then with the that at-risk group for unintended pregnancies, mm-hmm. what type of contraception were they using? Yeah, so we found... I mean, the good news is that in this study, um, the majority were using some form of contraception. So about 86% um, were using a method of contraception. Um, but that also means that roughly about three out of every 20 people uh, in this in this young female group uh, were not using anything, despite saying they were trying to avoid a pregnancy. And uh, then the other methods that people were using were birth control pills, again, um, uh Condoms only is one of the methods we looked at. We looked at whether people were using dual methods, so whether people were using uh, both birth control and condoms. And we also looked at injections. So that's something like uh, Depo-Fervera, which is an injection that you can get every three months. Right. And that also can have a cost associated with it as well. Right. So essentially, though, there is still a large number of women in that at-risk group who are not using the most effective types of contraception. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, we definitely found. And what we also found was that that really differed by income. Um, So again, the lower income people were more likely to be using no method at all or condoms only. Interesting. Listen, Elizabeth, thank you so much for explaining it to us. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great day. You too. That's Elizabeth Nethery, the lead author of this study and a PhD student at the UBC School of Population and Public Health.